0: Welcome back to the Tube Lunch Podcast. It is very exciting to be with you, whether you are watching us on YouTube. Hello, you can see me waving to you or listening to you us just in your ears. Why are you laughing? You always the laugh pause. at me. Or because so I, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> no, it's because you uh, that was you, poor, so dramatic, you
1: bear effect. a lot of gravity in
2: yes yeah. your countenance.
0: I love that description of me. I love it too, Joel.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like you're doing. Because of walking impression or something
0: uh, What I need is some more, more cover, cover. <laughs> <laughs> Right, well here we are <coughs> Here we are <laughs> At least I'm not eating on the podcast like I did last week What did you eat? Uh, same thing I ate just before like Those ah, little those pod things. protein balls Yeah, <laughs> You thought pots. they were coffee pots <laughs> Imagine someone just munching on a coffee yeah, pot would be awesome <laughs> Oh, it's a yep. bit dry and bitter, but you know, it'll, it'll work. I need an upper. And, oh, what, need a what? Upper. An upper? Oh, no, I'm up enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do down, I think, most of the time. Yep. <laughs> make that guy shut up. Mm. Uh, welcome, Braden, to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Again, I like to, you've quite a few corrugated lines going on today. Corrugated? Got, corrugated? <laughs> yeah, got the corduroy and the corrugated jumper. <laughs> Is that a corduroy jumper? No. What do you call that? A knit? Yes. Mm. Are you? Is that, you you tell me. You told me that. i obsessed with what I wear. I'm obsessed with you. That's what I can I tell. Corrugated knit. <laughs> I don't know. It's. Just, I, I do it on the shock absorber too. Just like uh, we're wearing the same thing today. Like it's just a good way to intro. <laughs> bit of, what bit of what a cross we're wearing. promotion there. Yeah, I probably need to stop doing it. Uh, <laughs> not not the cross promotion. Just uh, calling out people's clothes. Um, mm. Yeah, it's me. Well, I need mm. to
2: start paying attention to what I wear on a Friday. Yeah, start
0: Just say, start paying attention to what I wear.
2: Oh, Okay. It's a lovely
0: hoodie. Thank you. My wife bought it for me. Oh, lovely. Does she buy all your hoodies? Uh, no.
1: <laughs> Who buys the rest of them?
0: Me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> or no. I think a lot of my clothes are bought by other people, but I tell them this is what I want. Yeah. Like a birthdays or Christmas or whatever. Mm. Books and clothes are the two, two go-to presents for me. If you guys, oh, were, yeah. If you guys are thinking of getting me something.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. That's not what I got you.
0: Yeah. What? Uh, you, no, you can't tell me. You spoil it. It'll yeah, be a surprise. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so back to Joel. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was going to say there's someone else who's been talking on this podcast but we haven't introduced them yet.
2: <laughs>
0: Why don't you do the honors, Brayden?
2: Yeah, we have the the pleasure. Oh. The absolute pleasure of having one of my favorite people. On the podcast. Thank Mr. you for having me, Brandon. <laughs> Joel <laughs> revival. We'll Sorry. get that merch. <laughs> Sorry, Joel. go ahead, oh. Mr. Daniel Gale.
0: Hi Dan. Hello.
1: How are you? Good. How are you? Good. It feels strange to be back here in some ways. I was going to
0: ask you. Yeah, what's it, what's it like being back?
1: Well, it's a delight. You know, it feels like home in a lot of ways. Mm. But um, like five years ago, probably since I cannot believe we it's been survival. that long. Really. Uh, four. Okay. Uh, yeah, sorry, four years ago, yeah.
0: Wow, that's crazy. It was before COVID, right?
1: Yeah, yep, 20, 2019 was the year that our girls came. And so, mm. Yeah, that was the year that we ended up having to having to move on from Soli's mm. so that I could be a man, <laughs> support a family, okay. all that kind of stuff.
0: I think you still were a man prior, but...
1: Well, I probably was. Yeah. In some ways, yeah, yeah. Uh, Renee had always provided for me before that point. Oh, so I guess by that definition, she was the man until that point.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. By your well, yeah. definition. I
0: mean, speaking of which, we should get Renee on the podcast later. Mm. That would be yeah. that would be a cool. I'm sure, she'd enjoy that. Um, she'd be a great guest. Uh, yeah. So what we are talking about is that you did used to, you were part of like, quite an integral part of Soul Revival when we sp- church when we first started.
1: I don't know about how like very integral, integral, but I was, I was, we were, we were there for a long time. Yeah, here for a long time.
0: Yeah, and you're also on staff. Yeah, and I suppose we'll get into that as we as we go. Mm. But I would like to ask you the opening question, Dan. Yeah. How do you like to eat your hot chips? Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: for me, it's
1: simple chicken salt, mm. but on the very much on the crispy end of this of the. Of the equation. Crispy chicken. Crispy chicken. Crispy chicken chicken chips. Can I please get some crispy chicken hot chips?
0: (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, what does this guy want?
1: (laughs) No, like, yeah. We figured out, we had a friend who we were once with who was ordering hot chips and he said, can I get hot chips and make them extra crispy? I didn't know that was something you could say, but the person at the chip shop was like, yeah. Gave him a nod like, you're one of the people who knows how it's done.
0: Oh, really? Like, I'd like my chips well done. Yeah. Yeah. And... Yeah, every
1: chip was my perfect chip mm. that time. Wow. Just because they, they all got some nice crunch. That's not like a soggy chip. Yeah. No,
0: a no, soggy chip's no good. We've. Uh, uh, you haven't listened to any other episodes, right? I oh, you dabbled? listened
1: to Lewis part two on the way. <laughs> 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 That's a good one. That was a good one to, yeah. start, to, to listen to. And I, um, I heard you say that you only talk about beefs if it's someone's second time on, and... When, when Lewis said, "I don't have any current beefs," I was like, "Man, this guy is a different guy to the guy yeah. five years ago." Testimony, <laughs> a testament to the power of Christ. Yes, <laughs> Lewis five years ago was a walking beef factory.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 beef. Oh, well, we know who your beef and is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you and yeah, we're gonna have you and Lewis on the pod together as right. <laughs> the the beef the beef factory. That's what we'll call the episode <laughs>
1: I saw there was some more college last week and oh, it was like, so I encouraging just to see him. Yeah.
0: Just Don't you see him on the way you're going on Fridays sometimes, you're going back to the station and he's going to college? Yeah, the, the,
2: the joys of having an 8am class and yeah. being late to chapel. I called him out. He's he'll get there.
0: There's an ongoing battle on the podcast mm, about between chicken salt and plain salt. Okay, and Braden and Ethan have very much won plain salt. And very oh, much no chicken, chicken salt, salt. Chicken salt, very salt, much sorry. winning. Very much winning. Yeah, because yep. uh, uh, Sandy Bailey did a tally of who had who yeah. had said chicken salt. Who'd said
1: from the podcast plain yeah. salt? Yeah, she's wow. which means she's
0: listened to every episode, of course. That's um, and yes, unfortunately, sometimes you have to be in the minority, but you could still be right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just don't understand um it only makes things more delicious mm. to add the chicken factor yeah are you a plain um a plain like crisps kind of guy as well
0: i reckon i probably yeah i probably edge towards that side
1: yeah you just like saltiness
0: yeah i'm a salty guy <laughs> yeah i know i don't Quite, know, plain you know, guy too. i should say <laughs> <laughs> this is salty and plain <laughs> thank you i'm not the one wearing <laughs> gutters on, on their clothes. <laughs> <laughs> um it was, what was I gonna <laughs> 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 uh, choose a different pattern, man. <laughs> no. No, fair enough. Sorry. Uh what was I gonna say? Oh, salt and vinegar chips used to be my favorite mm. But that's like either or, isn't it? It's very mm. like salty and vinegary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like sweet and you know it was like sweet and sour but it's not really sweet and sour is it
1: for me chips the more flavor the better
2: mm. yeah you didn't go vinegar since your mum is from england we've noticed a lot of yeah, English yeah heritage influence. Influence. as we'll a kid to, as a kid that we'll was
1: go go s- her go-to for like um uh I'd have swimming lessons and we get hot chips after the swimming lessons. Oh, nice. Pool. Yeah. Oh, after, after swimming, yeah. that is yeah. a good call. And, but she would get chips with vinegar. Ah. But it didn't take me long to be like, mum, there's just like soggy chips in a pool of vinegar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it does, I reckon it would make it soggy, right? It does. It's like yeah. yeah. if you put too much, I don't want to put sauce on it, all the chips, I yep. want to dip yep. the chip in the sauce. Yeah, I think hmm. that would be a better
1: option. Yep. Yeah, especially if you've asked them for extra crispy. Oh. Then I think...
0: What if you do extra crispy? How long does it take for a pool of vinegar to make it extra soggy? <laughs> I don't know.
1: I feel like if the extra crispy has been done right, then you can't uncrisp it. <laughs> ah.
0: <laughs> extra crispy f- forever. Wow. It will for, forever be crispy. It's almost like having salt and vinegar chips. Yeah. <laughs> <you do that>. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, right. Well, so uh, uh, do you have any sauce on chips? Uh,
1: if, if they haven't got chicken salt. Just plain salt chips, <laughs> then I probably <laughs> would add sauce, which is probably barbecue.
0: Oh, yes. barbecue! We haven't had as many barbecues. I'm
2: all about barbecue. Are tomato you tomato sauce?
0: No. Oh, no, I'm tomato too sauce. Too much as well. sugar in
2: it. It's weirdly sweet. If you get
0: the right tomato sauce, bro. Oh, now specific. <laughs> 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 I can't tell if you're making fun of me. Or not. No, that's <laughs> like when I said tomato. 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 Yeah, yeah. I mean, I live like
1: I live near Leichhardt and places like that now. So, yeah. You know, you hear some good accents, and yeah, sweet. words of that nature. I with love accents. With connection to food. Yeah, but right. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, lately though, I've been getting into like quality barbecue sauces. Nice. And they've ruined your standard. Uh, yeah, so that's standard triangle brown bottle. Yeah, yeah. Pretty ruined. That's what me. I meant
0: oh. about Braden saying like it's too much sugar. Like if you get a good tomato sauce, even for example, like yep. it's that's good, eh?
1: Yeah. Yep. So like sweet baby rays. Ooh. It's like, you can get them in most supermarkets now, but it's an American barbecue sauce, and I just would always go that over your standard brown bottle that we all grew up with. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's why I didn't like barbecue sauce, because of the quality. Mm. I reckon if I was trying a good quality barbecue yeah. sauce, I'd probably be... I sweet I mean, it's like bro. when you have barbe- like a kind of barbecue sauce on ribs, like that's delicious. Mm. So delicious.
1: Since leaving Bible, I now make ribs as well. Mm. I've got a smoker. Oof. It's a good time.
0: I want to get a smoker.
1: You should. They're awesome.
0: <laughs> Do you know what I like about this podcast
1: so far? I like that uh, there's no topic that doesn't deserve a deep consideration.
0: Mm, I like that. Yes,
1: and I'm amazed at how long we've been talking about barbecue sauce. <laughs>
0: well, I think it's a good one. Yeah, I mean, cool. it's a, you know, deep dive. Deep dive. With Dan into the world of barbecue sauce. It's Dan's spin offs. <laughs> Dan's going to do a spin-off <laughs> podcast after this. Yeah. Or just sauces. And actually,
1: <laughs> barbecue sauce. sauce is has been an integral part of my journey with Christ up to this point. <gasps> it has an amazing really segue, cool. segue
0: to. <laughs> <laughs> How did you become a Christian, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I grew up in
1: a in a Christian family in in the Shire. Uh, grew up going to. Uh, the Anglican Church in Sutherland, St. Hmm. John's Anglican. And, um, yeah, so uh, there would never be a time in my life where I would have said that I wasn't a Christian, I didn't believe in God. Um, Though, when I was a kid, I think that probably just meant identifying as the good Christian kid. Hmm. Um, And so I had a a very kind of weighty sense of whether I was doing the right thing or the wrong thing and if I felt like I'd done the wrong thing I would feel that like very heavily um, but I, I'm honestly I believe there was a, a genuine faith in God above all of that and it's just kind of figuring out what the gospel is as a kid I think all kids kind of come into different stages of awareness of, of what the gospel actually means um, but yeah so I uh, I grew up going to St John's Souther and there was a pastor there a guy called Rod Harding uh, who's still alive and uh, but he's Got to be pretty old these days. Pretty much (laughs) used to talk to him. (laughs) I hope he listens to the podcast. (laughs) I know for sure he doesn't. Um, (laughs) Podcast. (laughs) That's right. But uh, no, he he baptised me and married me. Uh, Oh, that's cool. So there was a a long kind of yeah, it was a a legacy of his investment in young people at our church, and I guess I would say I'm a part of that. Mm. Um, yeah, it's one of the things that makes me think that long term ministry is just a really great thing. Not not being too in and out of the community, but um, saying that yeah I guess I'm a pastor it's Something some the people who Not don't sure. know me uh, wouldn't know but, um, that's uh, I guess that's why I might talk about something like the length of ministry um, <laughs> being a good thing anyway I uh, grew up going to Sunday school uh, I loved Sunday school I loved church I loved um, uh, I was the kid who put their hand up to every question in Sunday school and thought that I was being impressive and cool if I knew the answer. Um, and, yeah, I think there was a, a couple of formative moments for me in my walk with God. Um, one early uh, earlier one was um, when I was maybe 12, 13, I think, my parents decided to leave St. John's so they, and move to Anglican, uh, Anglican. Um, and so there was a moment there where suddenly they were like Dan we're going we know you really like this church are you going to come with us or are you going to go mm. um, or sorry are you going to stay and um, for what I ended up deciding to do was to stay at St. John's to stay at that church that I was going to and um, and to my parents' great credit, they're now saw Revivalists, as people who are listening yeah. will know. Yeah, they are. Um, To their great credit, they weren't like, well, actually, it would be heaps easier for us if we <laughs> always drove to the same place on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah. all got into this new community together, and we'd really enjoy it if we could all do church together. But to their credit, they um, uh, they kind of stuck with that, and that thing that they had told me that was going to be my choice, and they let it be my choice, and they let me keep Garnas and John's. Um, and I think for me that was a that was the first time I ever was like I don't know uh, I as an individual who is a Christian and making a decision partly just because of friendships but also just because I love my church and yeah I
0: want to keep going it's a faith based yeah. decision yeah 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 yeah
1: um, and yeah, so that was that was an important time, and so from then on, I was going to church uh, on my own, like my my parents were driving me. Mm. But um, yeah, uh, and so youth group came not long after that, and I got some fairly significant youth leaders who were in my life, and those were guys who travelled with me from Year Seven all the way up to Year Twelve, um, and they were very important and significant people for my my walk. The kinds of guys who. Um, really encouraged asking questions, really encouraged um, going deep with ideas, leaning into the chats, leaning into the difficult chats, um, making it feel like it's okay to, um, to have doubt and to have... Um, It's not like just instantly assume that towing the line on any particular issue is going to be where we're aiming for straight away, but to allow some ambiguity and some space and some time for someone to think through something. Do you think you needed that? I think so. I remember when I was like 17, 18, a bunch of the other Christian kids who I was around started having these moments where they were going, maybe I'm just a Christian because my parents are Christian Mm. and maybe I don't really believe with myself and that kind of thing. Yeah, for me, I think the fact that I had had moments in my teenage life where I'd asked the hard questions and had people who were with me um, who weren't assuming that I was going to come out in the right place but who were just allowing me to sit with questions and and ask and ask and ask and that there was an ear that was going to listen as long as was needed. Mm. Um, I think I just had a sense as a 17, 18-year-old that... Um, it wasn't just her because of my parents thing
0: mm. um do you remember what sorry to interrupt you for a sec but what questions did you have that you were kind of grappling with
1: yeah uh there's a big one when i was maybe in nine or ten which was um i had a science science um teacher at Um i'm outing him <laughs> um <laughs> and he uh He's got a funny name, but I won't
0: say it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can say we will bleep it. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mr. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> really For me, that's a funny name. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's a funny know. name. Now you, you got sure to you find you it. you yeah. got to bleep it. Yeah, you, you got to bleep in. that out, Eck. That,
0: that's Eck. Yeah, Eck will bleep it out. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Yeah. So, uh, Mr.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mr. That was his name. Um... Just making the X life easy. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm going to say it one Kim more time in 17 minutes. <coughs> okay. So he's got to find it. Um, now through COVID, I learned a lot of video editing and audio editing skills. Did you? And okay. so I now know how annoying that that task is of finding mm. a single word and fixing it a single moment in mm. a sermon or something that you've got to fix.
0: I'll tell you, though, Eck does an outstanding job on it.
1: Oh, I'm sure he does. Yeah.
0: Anyway. Sorry. Yeah. The uh, questions you were grappling with, you know, sorry. E10? Yes. That's we right. Had a science teacher.
1: Science teacher. i science And teacher. Mm. Uh, yeah. high. Mister. <laughs> <laughs> and he, um, he used to out and out said, uh, right kids, next thing we're learning about is evolution. And, uh, evolution, just in case you're wondering, is basically the thing that disproves Christianity. Ooh. Um, wow. Yeah, he said it in the classroom. Interesting. Yeah. And, um, I remember being like, Okay it's a hectic thing to hear from a teacher, mm-hmm. uh, in science. And I really loved science and I loved the world, like studying the world. And, um, I was the kid who got a little bit of a kick out of like thumbing through like encyclopedias and things like that. <laughs> um, and so I think I, I kind of felt like he was my people in some ways. Um, but I had never heard it as explicitly as that. Mm. Uh, and publicly in front of a bunch of kids. And yeah so for me that was um uh, yeah all that meant I don't actually even remember the ins and outs of it really other than to say that those youth leaders of mine would have got probably 15 questions Peppered. about <laughs> science and the bible yep. and uh whether they cohere or not um over the over the months following that mm. time mm.
0: um also it would have been tough she's kind of like when the teacher says that, he's kind of also almost saying in front of everyone, hey, Dan, yeah. you're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> that's right.
1: And I don't think he knew this, but I was one of three Christians in my year. Okay. Mm. Um, there were very few Christians at Angadine High when I was there. Mm. Um, yeah, maybe 10 in the whole school that I was aware of, at least. Um, and yeah, so... Uh, it did have a bit of a, that thing going for it. I didn't. No one like ostracized me or anything mm. after it. But um, yeah, things like that. But um, uh,
2: how did you find being a Christian in high school? You said you loved church on the weekend, but how is it during the week?
1: Yeah. Were
2: um, just not something you really dealt with that much. Or?
1: No, I certainly did, because yeah. I was one of the only Christians, and I was. Mm. I really loved church, and yeah. I felt really convicted that. Um if I could get some of those mates of mine to youth group, that would be a really awesome thing for them. Mm. Um and for me. Uh and uh, so um <laughs> I Yeah, for me school uh, I had things like, Oh Dan, just like swear. Don't do <laughs> it, do it. I'd be like, No. Like, Why well, can't you swear? because I love Jesus. <laughs> um no, I don't want to whatever. Oh, he's such a loser, just swear. Just <laughs> say a swear word. Um But like honestly, like when I say before that I was like one of those kids who like has a really kind of over overemphasis on the good and the bad. Like I it was also like I remember reading through English books and there'd be a swear word and I wouldn't want to say the swear word that I was reading to the class, the English book or um which is like understandable in some ways, but also you're just like, yeah, I was very concerned to doing the the right thing, the godly thing, which is in some ways good and in some ways probably just meant that I was
0: a bit legalistic kind yeah, of yeah, just living out a bit of
1: uh, maybe not fear, but maybe kind of this is what a Christian does. This is yeah. my, my duty kind of thing. Yeah, okay. Um, so things like that, things like not drinking at parties and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, I didn't get a lot of flack for being a Christian for the most part sometimes like it came up when Renee and I started dating because she went to a Christian school and I went to a public school Mm. and um, she uh, it was funny in like our first few weeks of like dating um, she was like we're talking about creation Adam and Eve and stuff and I was like I mean I don't know like I probably wouldn't say it's like literal genesis story necessarily and um and at that time i was like i mean i don't like were Adam and eve even real people who knows like it's a big deep question and for me in my world of gray it's kind of okay to ask a question if you know that you're like just working to answers slowly and trying to make things more black and white over time but i remember renee she was like what are we going to teach our children <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which three weeks in is assuming a lot about the relationship. Yeah, but, yeah. well, she's uh, obviously quite keen on you. Then <laughs> we
1: got we got real deep, real fast. And, yeah. Um, but for me, I th- I think that led me long term to just a belief that like uh, public school can be a really, uh, really helpfully formative thing in some ways mm. for a young Christian, given like especially if they've got a community, a church that they that they love and they've got peers who are their friends who support them.
0: Going through the same thing. Going
1: through similar stuff. Um, that, that public school can b- actually be a, uh, in some ways a good preparer for living in a world that isn't Christian for the most part and um, that isn't assuming the same things that you're assuming and that thinks that you're wrong about a bunch of stuff. Hmm. Um, public school does in some ways train you for that life. Um, I say all that and... Um, but in some ways those reflections now are a bit different because the world's changed a lot since I was in high school and so it's a different question now I think than what it was when I was in high school hmm. um, anyway that's a side point I um, so the answer is sometimes it was a bit tricky <laughs> yeah. sometimes there were some real discouragements sometimes some real encouragements like um, there was about six months where all of my mates came to youth with me ah. and that was awesome
3: Yeah,
1: um, and then Slowly but surely, they. It was like just before the parties started getting Ramping more up. adult, exciting. If you yeah, know what yeah. I mean. More alcohol, more yeah. doing stuff, crazy stuff and yeah. whatever. Yeah. And so they started petering out.
0: Yeah. yeah. We, uh, we when we talk about some people that have grown up in a Christian family, they often talk about how it's like head knowledge, um, but maybe not <coughs> as much heart mm. to begin with. And like I kind of hearing a few parallels that for you but also other people say that uh there was like these moments where they had to take on their faith for themselves you mentioned when you decided you wanted to keep going to engadine anglican oh I no just sorry just, yeah. to to <laughs> sullen <Sutherland> anglican <laughs> mm. were there any other moments like that while you were growing up in kids as a kid or in teenage years where you're like oh like there's a choice here or i'm, I'm taking responsibility for my own faith
1: I'm trying to think. I think there were the most of my friends got an invite to Sunday school at some point. And there was no one standing over my shoulder making me do that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I think there was probably something in me going that friend of mine really needs to to know. To know the gospel. To, to, hear the gospel. To be here and to understand. And it would be really good for them to yeah, to be a part of this thing that I love, which is church and relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And I, I would pray genuine prayers. And I, I certainly wasn't like reading my Bible every day as a kid on my own or anything like that. But um, uh, yeah, I think things like that are a bit yeah. When a, when, a, when a young person invites someone to something or, or just shares the gospel with someone, um, in some ways I think it's the ultimate the ultimate faith move. Like, because you don't have to. Don't have to. Yeah, no one's there over here. It's just you and your maid or whatever and there's no pastor, there's no church. There's none of the stuff that ma- might make you want to hide something or pretend that you're something that you're not. It's just, hey, you're my friend. Let me talk to you about something. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I did have one other thought, but I can't remember what it was about your question, faith.
0: Just making oh, yeah, the, the yeah. choices where you like I. Yeah. yeah, I'm... A Christian and I know the gospel yeah Yeah. it's okay if you forget it <laughs> it's fine I think I do forget it okay <laughs> 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 yeah. what about um, coming out of high school mm. what was it like just finishing year 12 and did you have a plan or an idea of what you want to do because uh, you know everyone likes to pretend that they do but they I don't think many yeah, people like f- with grass of faith Oh, even just like what were you think about a job or whether you go going yeah. to uni or what what were you thinking? Then? Yeah.
1: So I, I got into a music degree. Mm. Um, and I was very lucky, you might say, or blessed uh, to get that because my year 11 and 12, all I did was play guitar and hang out with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I wanted to do.
0: So perfect for music. Music College, is that what it's called? Yeah.
1: Uh, and no, that's university. Excuse music me, Joel. The y- Sydney Conservatory of Music is an arm of Sydney University. And, um, Not a leg. <laughs> the uh, I'm joking. Uh, what um, what con students used to do? Because it's like I'm going to sound like a wanker for saying this, but um, it's it Don't is know. it is it is Sydney's most prestigious classical music institution. Right. Um, and to like people who graduated from that uni who would do gigs together following the the prank to pull on someone is to say and let me just introduce cameron uh he's a, a recent graduate of the sydney conservatory of music because he sounds so like makes that person sound like the biggest Ooh. tool in the whole <laughs> <world>. <laughs> yeah. i know you meant that's cameron that's your mate right yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so how many st- times did you pull that prank?
0: <laughs> he and I, especially
1: my, <laughs> mate, my mate Cam and I, used to have him quite a lot. Yeah, he um, he'd go And just everyone, round applause for Dan. He's playing with me. He's a, he's a cons- conservatorium student.
3: Uh, <laughs> like with that,
1: you know, like, <laughs> like the eye roll. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah you, know, you know, those guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, but uh, yeah, so I got into got into that music degree, and I sucked hard at. Uni myself, I was the worst. Really? I got in off an audition. I got a terrible ATAR, um UAI when I was a kid, mm-hmm. um, and I just wanted to play guitar and hang out with my friends. <laughs> so I did that yeah. until I started failing stuff, and then um, I kept doing it until I failed enough stuff that I got a warning that I might get kicked out of the uni because I'd failed so much stuff. Really, wow, yeah. And
0: um, why do you think you like that? the first time failing, a few failings, you're like, that doesn't matter. Like, what did you not, is there any reason you didn't change what you were doing?
3: Mm.
1: I think I probably wasn't ready for uni when I got to uni. Mm. I, um, my, I had, I'd been a, one of the, the better students at school up until year 10. Um, when everything's quite rigid about yep. what you do, yep. mm. and then as things freed up in eleven and twelve, and they gave me space to maybe do less work or whatever, I took I filled all of that space with stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's similar. I did something similar, maybe not that to that extent, but yep.
1: yeah. And I remember a, a teacher saying to me when I was at school, like some people suck at school until they hit year ten, and then they start going really well, mm. and some people go really well at school until they hit year ten, and they start sucking because. Because they don't have the discipline um, or drive, maybe to mm. to go to go good, and that was me. So I, I probably learnt bad habits in year eleven and twelve, um, and I just wasn't uh, I just wasn't ready to like plan out how to get all the stuff done for a semester, um, and I didn't really like. I was a classical guitarist, but my favourite music. But I was in a classical music institution, and so we're learning about baroque music and. Mozart and going real deep into like harmony and things like that, which are um, like very, very clever people dedicate their lives to understanding something like the harmony of Mozart. Mm. Um, And I didn't care about it at all. (laughs) (laughs) Like really I had, I didn't care about it. So literally none, none of the stuff that I learned, I really cared about at all. That's Mm. important when you Um, learn something. All I wanted to do was the guitar part. Mm. And so I did like the guitar part was fun and I enjoyed the practice and the getting skills and stuff. But yeah, it was, it's funny, the um, the subject I failed that nearly got me kicked out a couple of times was the subject where doing the homework was a part of the mark that you got. Um. So 40% of it was doing the homework. Yeah. And so there was two semesters where I didn't do any of the homework. Mm. And so I would have to get like 95 out of 100 in the test. <laughs> <laughs> to Did you do it? To get through. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> <No. Okay. laughs> failed a couple of times, that subject. <laughs> anyway, um, uh until I know what got me going good again. Yeah. Uh I woke up one morning and I saw an angel standing before, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <God>. um, <laughs> in some ways that's true. Mm. I met Renee. Yeah, I was oh. about <laughs> to say I bet you it was Renee. That's right, my I met my angel. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um <laughs> you're mm. mine you're, you're my dog. i was like hey you're
1: you're someone who i like and who I actually like care to impress in some kind of a way yep. here's the life i'm presenting to you would you like to be my girlfriend mm-hmm. and then i look at that life and it's like yeah oh, i'm just failing all over the place <laughs> <laughs> not very impressive except at guitar yeah and to her credit she um she dated a long-haired hippie who just failed uni all the time um
2: she saw potential, and Dan. She did. Potential. And
1: she encouraged me so <laughs> much. She was like, she would rock up at exam time to get me through. She'd rock up to college. Like one time she rocked up to uni, like with a new pair of Ugg boots. Because she knew I wanted some Ugg boots, never had them before. And she was like, you finished your test. Here's some Ugg boots, you legend. Wow. Yeah. yeah she was That awesome. is so cool.
0: Mm. It was very supportive. Yeah. encouraging. Yeah.
1: And she got me through. Yeah, she did. Mm. And then i went to college and stuff later and i was just older a bit more mature a bit more disciplined and i could actually just say okay i'm gonna sit down and do an essay and do the essay i um, look forward
2: to that age <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, but something we've talked about before like i think that like so i worked full time for the most of the year after school until i went overseas with my family and like that was really hard but it taught me discipline mm-hmm. and like you know you put a bit of pressure on Mm. your time, you need to be organised. And then I went to uni and I learnt all bad habits at uni because I had so much free time. Mm. <coughs> and we've talked about before how to a degree that was good for me because I got to do youth ministry mm. and spend a lot of time with people at church mm. and things like that, but also didn't help with the discipline stuff they had to learn later. And it's I think sometimes that discipline you don't learn, maybe it's a societal thing now, but you don't learn discipline until there's pressure on like all these different parts mm. of your life. You're like, I actually have extra responsibilities now. I need to sort myself out. Is that kind of where you were getting with yeah, when you went to Bible I college?
1: So. I think so. And, um, caring about what you're learning about is also yeah. a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Being passionate about it. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and I was similar with like ministry. I say just like hanging out with friends and playing guitar, but like when I became an adult, like, cause I was, I fully like was a Christian, a Christian nerd kid, like the wanting to be the kid who puts his hand up at the question at Sunday school. That was my adult, my early adult life was being that guy too. And so I was like, yeah, I'll go to three different Bible studies and be on that committee and help run that thing and mm. be a youth leader and all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, so I just filled my life with everything except except the study part.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. Was a conservatory and fun though? I remember talking to you and like there were some things you really liked about it. That was mm. a long time ago.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, some things I really liked about it and I miss a bit. Like um, the, like I still play music. Mm. Um, and some of the musos I play with are really amazing. Um, sometimes in church world you're playing with people who aren't like the most amazing muso and there's nothing wrong with that. It's, um, it's beautiful actually and it's very necessary. Um but I think you, when you're in a place like that, there's a culture of musical excellence and mm. shooting to be the absolute best that you can possibly be. And um, it just means that you, you're having kind of some of the most kind of lovely musical experiences of your life. Just There might be one of those every week or two, just sitting in a, in a hall hearing a kid play the thing he's been working on for two years or whatever. I say kid, a young adult, a student. Mm. Um, uh, so I miss the musical excellent part of it. And also just the friendship part. So, um, yeah. The con is, it's really good for if you want to be like a musicologist or a music teacher. Or if you are one of the 1% who could actually have a career in the classical music industry. Um, but for your, the vast majority of people, they end up leaving and not really being qualified for much, except unless it's an education degree or um, uh, or like music tuition or playing. So what a lot of con, ex-con students would say is something like the best thing that you get there are other the, the relationships that you make there. Um, and that's not just like a friendships thing, that's a networking thing too. So the vast majority of the professional gigs that I got after the con were just through people that I met at the con. Mm. Um, which is not an insignificant thing because you've got to meet People in the net, we've gotta find a network somewhere, and yeah. so um yeah, that would be my my argument for going to a musical institution if you don't have a network that's not necessary these days in a lot of ways.
0: tell me about why you love music so much, to us, sorry, not just me to us I tell you <laughs> yeah oh, i can go yeah um, <laughs> like last episode, you faded out for five minutes <laughs>
1: <laughs> um well, it's. Braden doesn't know a lot about music. No, he's, so no, that's no, he's not. It's probably especially helpful for him. Mm.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> if you <could> please educate <laughs> educate him.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, Braden told me the other day that you told me that you were like just doing a a, a bunch of stuff for music with did I that excited. Yeah. Is that the official title? Arts Past Yeah. Yes. Awesome. It's very sounds very it's a very close word to another yeah, word. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. <Yep. laughs> yeah, always need something to aim for. Yeah. <laughs> also, I don't know, I haven't watched the podcast on YouTube before, but my belly and I laugh and the whole table goes out. <laughs> <laughs> Hot with shakes. <laughs> I had noticed, but I didn't know <laughs> what, what it was. You've identified it. It's my one pack.
2: <laughs> it's, it's fine. Um, okay, I am going to fade out for a okay, minute.
0: Okay, no worries. Do we keep talking? We're well, tell me out. about why you love music so much.
1: I love music. Um, uh, for me this world that God has created while fallen uh, he has filled it with truly transcendently beautiful things Mm.
0: his fingerprints are all over it even though it's affected by sin yeah and
1: uh, so you see a sunrise or sunset you see I don't know, a beautiful tree, or you see a human being, you make mm. a connection with a the person. These are all kind of the, the transcendently beautiful things that a person can experience. Can um, I just add on top of that? My yeah. dad
0: went to Yosemite National Park in mm. California. i been there. Last, last week. My goodness. Like, <laughs> insanely how good that is. Like it's just, amazing. It's just on top of what you were saying. Sorry. Yeah.
1: No, and when Renee and I <laughs> went there a few years ago, you're driving into the National Park, and you're just like, you, you're just driving, and then you like look above the tree line and you're like, oh my gosh, there's these.
0: Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, because dad was there, he saw the, like it, um, it's coming into spring mm. there. So it's been snowing up there. So mm. there's all these waterfalls everywhere. That sounds pretty beautiful. That was insane. I'll show you the picture later. Yeah. yeah. That sounds great. But yeah, that's just another example of what you're saying. That mm. just God, yeah.
1: Yeah. And um, uh, for me, I guess music is just one of the, it's, it's, it's probably I would say the most significant transcendently beautiful experience of the world that God has made mm-hmm. that, that I experience in my, in my day-to-day life or that I have experienced um, aside from family connection and like
0: your relationship with your wife or things mm-hmm. like that that are. Um, Well, it has that ability to move us so much emotionally, yeah, doesn't it?
1: That's right, and uh, yeah, it connects people, and it, um, yeah, it's it's music and food. I reckon uh, Mm -hmm. maybe the two, maybe art, but those three things, I think are just. I'm sure there's more. You've got to be careful when you make a list. But, um, those are the things that come to mind for me when you <coughs> uh, think about some some things that just uh, instantly draw um, draw a person out of their head or um, out of just thinking and thoughts to f- to feeling something into feeling through experiences mm-hmm. um and so uh, it's one of the reasons I really believe that food in ministry is really good it's <laughs> one of the things. That I really love about so Revival because you sit across the sit across the table from someone and have a chat with them, and there's no food, you can still have a great chat with a person. Mm. But the instant that you're sharing a meal, it it just there's something about it just brings you a bit more into that heart and feeling and um, experiencing space, which just means you're a bit more open to a person. I think mm. for me, music music is that. It's also a window into like other cultures. I really love as a classical guitar kid i fell in love with like spanish culture and south american right. culture and um and so yeah the music was a window i guess into into culture um yeah i just love it mm. yeah it it's got a capacity to move me that not many other things in life mm. do and then if you take it into the worship space like music uh, in an, in the non worship space is a transcendently beautiful experience that God has given us and the tricky thing there is like a lot of the music that we listen to isn't made with the purpose of honoring God, but then bringing into the worship space, it is um, just an amazing gift mm. from God that we can um, not only know about Him but experience Him through doing some of the things that He's given us. And music's one of the one of the really beautiful ways. Mm. That he's given us to kind of yeah worship, to 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 love him in a in a meaning-filled, heart-filled, expressive way. Mm. That,
0: um, it's a good way to know. It, it's one of the real impactful ways to know God, I think. Mm. And I think it's interesting that you mentioned food and music, uh, because it's kind of like and like you how you, it was a in, uh, window into other cultures. Because it's kind of like. With music and food, like, the very underlying base level is exactly the same. Yeah. It's just, like, how God has made us differently to interpret that differently and mm. to express it differently. Mm. And I think, yeah, I think... Yeah, this is getting really deep, but it's kind of like... Um, it's a... And you talk about the fingerprints of God leaving on the earth, but it's also just like an, uh, yeah, an a window into knowing God's... Just like a tiny piece of what like God's omnipotence and and power is I mm. think because that's what he's he's created the world to be and he, like he, because he's a crea- like a created God and this is at a discussion I had with someone uh, a long time ago a week away it was like originally I used to think like someone being creative was just like if you could do music or you could paint or you could do art but it's not because if we're made in the image of God then we can be creative in lots of different mm. ways like mm. I used to love when i was coaching football trying to be creative with tactics mm. but that was, that was t- i wasn't painting but i was doing something yeah. else that god's yep. created us to be in mm. that sense so yeah i think i feel like that is where music speaks to you a lot in that mm. sense because i know and i like really respect <coughs> and value your ability to play music too because i think it was a really great gift at, here at so revival as well mm. does you do you um how much time do you spend on music now because you're you're busy <laughs> you're you're less, a pastor. I you're a pastor and a and a husband and a dad of three. Like yeah. do you still get time to have that creative outlet to like is it helpful for you to have a break by doing yeah. that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It is helpful <laughs> and I don't get to do it like that much. So I've got my band that I play in. Mm-hmm. Um and uh what's the what's the band? The band is called Aslandia. And um I love my band, like the members and I love the music that we play and um there's there's nine of us and we live all over Sydney yeah. and a bunch of us are in full-time ministry. And so that means that, um, all of us are time poor. Yeah. And so getting together, playing gigs, that stuff can be hard, but when we do to get together. It's a true joy. And, mm. um, uh, so there's that. But apart from that, um, yeah, way less. Uh, there's times to my, 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 probably my ultimate like self-love, um, let's just kind of
0: take a break from him take a
1: breath and reorient um is to like light a fire <laughs> in a backyard or something and uh sit down maybe with a glass of wine and just play guitar or sing or just um and or write music mm. um and so i probably i probably get an experience like every three to six months at the moment mm. um, it was a bigger part of my life before kids
0: yep speaking of like putting more responsibilities on mm. us <laughs> and being more disciplined with that. Yeah. Do you reckon you do you reckon it'd be more helpful for you to find if you were able to find more time to do that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'd love that. Mm. I um I I really love having real little kids. I've got three toddlers. Yeah. Um And at the same time, as a parent, you look forward to the time that things will chill out just a little bit when they go to school or whatever, and you can find an hour here or there just every Mm. now and again. Mm. It's not to say that parenting ever gets easier, but...
0: um, There are bits that get easier than it gets harder in somewhere in some other area. Yeah, that's right.
1: Um, And so sleep and and kind of just a little bit more manageability about time. Mm. Me and I look forward to a day where I could just sit down with my guitar a bit more regularly and and write, um,
0: mm.
1: express, and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't get to play as much as I used to. Mm. Anytime yeah. I play in church as well, obviously, I'm playing. But
0: Yeah. yeah. It's it's slightly different. It's not, like you said, it's, you're serving everyone else by doing yeah. that, rather That's than right. like yeah. serving yourself, which yeah. you need to do to a certain degree, I think. Yeah. Uh, so you've, you've also mentioned Renee, mm. and um, your girls, or your kids as well. Mm. Talk about how... You and Renee met and, like, we'll come back to other things so you going to Bible college and things like that and becoming a pastor mm. and all that. But talk about Renee and you've already related a really lovely story about her and she's a lovely person. Mm. Uh, what kind of, like, impact has she had on your life and what has God taught you through being, obviously, boyfriend mm. and girlfriend and then getting married? First yeah. first, first, um, wedding Bible, yeah, too, right? first wedding at sorrow Bible. Mm. Yeah, it was the first wedding at sorrow Bible.
1: Yeah. Sorry, first wedding in... The factory. Sorry, I should say that. Yes, yes that Cassie is correct. And Pete got married the year before, and Jared and, Hayley, and, Jared and yeah, Haley both yes. got married before us. Sorry, first one in the yeah. factory. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Jared, if you listened to this and heard that, I'm sure it would be raging pretty hard. <laughs> um, Pete's a pretty chill guy, but that Jared, he can yeah. really be he's, Bi- he's, he's a bit grudgy, he's spicy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, he's also one of the godparents of one of our kids, so I can <laughs> say whatever I want about him. Um, no, uh, what were we talking about? Renee. Renee.
0: Renee first, and then yeah. we'll talk about your kids. Jared. No, Jared. <laughs> one of your kids, Jared.
1: Um, uh, so Renee and I were tricked into dating. Ooh. It was the start of our tale. Really. Which is, I had a mate who was going to her church, and um, he was like, "We're talking about this creepy guy who'd been like cracking on all the chicks, <laughs> and um, one of the one of the chicks was Renee, and um, and then he said, Dan, you should date Renee.' and I was like. I don't know who that is. <laughs> um, who? But then a couple of weeks later I visited his church. Um, and we'd met for like maybe ten seconds. She was holding someone else's baby. And uh like, Hey Dan, this is Renee. I was like, Hey, how you going? Yeah, good. Okay. End of conversation. And a couple of days later, my mate he texts me and says, Hey Dan, Renee asked for your number, can I give it to her? And he texted her and said, Hey Renee, Dan asked for your number, can I give it to him? But that actually but neither of us had done that. <laughs> And so I can't remember who texted who first, but we started texting thinking that the other person had already expressed some interest. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And uh, a couple months later, we got married.
0: <laughs> that's not true. No, it's Come not on. true. I uh, know when you're joking now. <laughs> yeah. That's good.
1: You're dialing it in. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, no, but yeah, we started dating. And um, yeah, and I think uh, in her, uh, I guess. Um, when I first started encountering Renee I just was pretty struck pretty quickly by the depth of her faith and the depth of her knowledge in the Bible Um, a very a very genuine and deep kind of connection with God and um, a real desire to live a life that that was going to be kind of a a big radical servant-hearted life for God whatever that looked like and and so me thinking about ministry and stuff for her she she easily fit into a, into a life that we might imagine for ourselves that, that had stuff like that in it she, she struck me early on as someone who was uh, endlessly generous uh, mm. who, who bore endless goodwill to everyone in, in her that. life yeah, for sure. Um, and with her there's no f- there's no kind of um, she's got very little tolerance for the surface level
0: Yes, and I love I love that about her, by the yeah. like, because I'm a little bit like that too. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: And so she's kind of, she's always just really impatient to allow things to go deeper. Mm. Um, all of those are things that I love about her. Mm. Um, I think for, for us, um, all that's always been true. And when my daughters were born, my two twins... Um, for us won't go too deep into that story but there was this, there, they came a few months early yeah. and we were stuck up in Newcastle and yeah. we were just about to leave Sorrow mm-hmm. Um huge shifts huge challenges um, and all the way through she was just kind of this dependable rock of this is hard but God is good this is hard but God is in control mm. all the way through it's not to say there wasn't tears or no. struggles and um, things like that but um there's just never any question for her I don't think really that things are going to be alright sometimes she might feel like um, she won't ever feel worried things are going to be alright she might get over things not and feeling alright at a time yeah. for a time but um, yeah ultimately there's never a question uh, and I really love that about her mm. yeah she's a very strong person and she's overcome a lot in her life mm. um, yeah the fact that she's a a beautiful mum stable mum stable wife stable um and yeah she's just a a, an enigma of amazingness to me (laughs) yeah
0: well that's a great way to describe her um yeah we do just like we miss you we miss her Mm. being at church as well because again i think she was a great gift to so many people Mm. here at church as well and i'm sure she will be where you guys are now hello Brandon. hello everything good yeah yeah you okay yeah good (laughs)
2: phone call i've been waiting on all day so okay just that's, so to that's come fine out.
0: no worries at all uh we we're just hearing about renee
2: oh, how good's renee
0: yeah <laughs> that's what we were just <laughs> hearing about <laughs> um why do you love renee braden
2: why do i love renee because she is a massive ray of sunshine wherever she goes wow True. Uh, those people don't come along very often and when they do you appreciate them man it's awesome. it lights
0: up the room <laughs> yeah mm.
2: She's going to be stoked watching this. There aren't many people <laughs> I know that bring as much joy as Renee does. Yeah, so, I agree. She's very encouraging. Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah, I agree. And tell us about your girls. You uh, mentioned you mentioned them just before, so they yep. they uh, were premature.
1: Yep, three months premie, and, and you need
0: to be up in Newcastle at the hospital there because yeah. that was is that called intensive care.
1: Yeah, a neonatal intensive care okay. unit, mm-hmm. um, which is like the the bubble that. They put a baby in that, like, uh, Humidity Crib, it's humitty called. Humidity Crib, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, and, yeah, so it's a it's a, a challenging and difficult and unique way to have kids. Because mm. um, it's before you feel ready. Not that you feel ready when you take a baby to full term, but...
0: But you're not ready for that. You're not ready either. for all
1: that, and also suddenly it's like, okay, I'm expecting the kid to come in three months, and then yeah. six days go by, and suddenly there's this living breathing tiny little thing you're not allowed to touch but you're it's dad suddenly you're a dad and that's a daughter yeah yeah it's very it's very strange kind of discombobulating experience mm. but um in God's goodness week after week he he brought them to full and good health mm. such that if you met them today they um they're just normal little girls yeah yeah which is a really amazing thing because a lot of a lot of people don't uh it doesn't that's not the way it goes Uh, Either the babies don't survive, or um, or there's just there's just ongoing stuff that they've got to deal with as a result of their preminess And so, yeah, we're very um, we know the the privilege of the uh, the journey that we ended up going on with regards to them. Yeah, in fact, the deeper we get, the quieter I
0: talk. That's right. You just might need to be closer to to the microphone. I can't reach the I can't reach the thing to to the microphone. (laughs) Um and what were their what were their names? sorry
1: Layla is first, and then two minutes later yeah. is Eleanor yep, and then two years later is everly mm-hmm. yep and um yeah, they're all gorgeous. little everly has been her she she's an early riser mm. she's a morning person, <laughs>
0: as you were saying <laughs> <Yep>. today <laughs> before we recorded very well, early maybe. riser yeah
1: since we moved to Ashbury, she's been getting up at three in the morning every morning. <laughs> um yeah Uh thankfully the last like maybe seven to ten days that started to get a bit better so um, we're very thankful for that but you know they're they're all gorgeous little girls who i love to bits and um yeah because we had them all so close together i think we've got three kids in our family but they're all going to be at school in like three years so um this part of life is going to go quick yeah for a lot of people that's like a 10-year part of life having pre preschool before school kids yeah us, it'll be uh, just five years, yeah, mm. and it'll be up, up and done.
0: What yeah. do you reckon uh, God has taught you so far about being a dad?
1: <sighs>
0: so, mm. I say so far because, as we said before,
1: no, I'm, I'm fully cooked, bruh.
0: Yeah, you're ready baked. to go, yeah, <laughs> fully developed. <laughs> Happy Father's Day, <laughs> yeah, that's
1: right. <laughs> no, I think, um, mm, what has God taught me about being a father? I think it's probably more than anything, you just, as you acquire responsibility in life, you acquire a new ability to carry that responsibility. And I guess in uh, in a chip lunch crowd, it's probably called like adulting. <laughs> like as you acquire, <laughs> acquire extra levels of adultness, yeah. you kind mm-hmm. of learn new capacities that you have in you to be an adult in things. And so... Um, yeah, I think there's just like, when I was 18, you yeah, just jig an exam or don't do an essay. It's like, whatever, just hurts me. But these days, if you're doing an essay and if you don't do an essay, suddenly your kids are like two grand of a subject of a tertiary degree, poorer, and there's something weightier and more significant about yeah. that.
0: It's like um, what we were talking about before. Add responsibility. I always like this saying, "Is like if you want something done, ask a busy person because <laughs> it actually they're like well, I don't have time to do that but I'll I can fit it in here kind of thing
1: yep. So and I think kids so yeah they, they teach you patience mm. um, and mm. sometimes you are able to be patient and sometimes you're not and when you're not I guess that's that's when they also reveal to you bits of sin that you might not have been aware of when you weren't pressed and pushed in the same kind of ways that kids can press and push you Um Yeah, I think for me, there's just something deep and fundamental about Uh, when you, I think when you're a father, um, Joel, you can either agree with this or disagree harshly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They're the only two (laughs) options. That's right. (laughs) Uh, I think when you're a father, it kind of tests the foundations of your life a bit too, because you, uh, you're a Christian, you've got a faith. Uh, but suddenly you've got this other thing that you're responsible for and you go, how how important is all of this stuff that I think is right and true? Mm. To teach them? Yeah, how much do I care about them getting this stuff? Mm. And how much um, I think you, you, you kind of can be tested and challenged and also encouraged when you're like, when you sit your daughters down and you're like, Let's read the Bible, or let's pray, or um, let's talk about this value that we have, or whatever it is. And those those moments, I think the fact that you have a desire to sit them down and and you want them to you want them to come to an understanding of those things too, it makes you realize because well, you you only want the best for them. You love them so much, and you only want the best for them. And if you like, say for example, you didn't really believe the gospel. You might be like, no. mm, "Do I really care about this stuff for them, or maybe, maybe I want them to think something else? Like maybe more like the world in some kind of a way." But mm-hmm. if um, the degree to which you're, the degree to which you care that the beliefs that you hold are taken on by them, I think is probably pretty close to the degree to which you genuinely believe those beliefs. Yep. if that makes sense.
0: Well, just like we were talking about prior about music and food that would reveal some of god's character yeah i think being a parent yeah reveal some of god's character like imagine what god feels yeah when if that that's that the, what you feel it would be a, like a tiny mm. microcosm of what god feels about yeah. us yeah and i think you're right i think my faith has become way more sharpened since i had kids mm. not just i think and you're i think you're 100 right well do i truly believe this Because everything that that I do with my children, I'm going to church and Mm. doing stuff. Like, uh, there's that saying of, like, with children, more is caught than taught. Mm. It's like, if I'm not living it out, and by the way, I'm an utter failure as a father sometimes. Yeah, me too. But I, I always say, if I can, if God has forgiven me because Jesus died on the cross, that frees us up forgive each other Mm. and so every time I fail as a father Mm. I think almost without question now I go and apologize to my children Mm. and say what I did was wrong this is why yeah I'm sorry that I did this yeah like and I think I think that is uh, possibly my favorite thing about being a Christian father is Mm. that I can actually I feel free enough to do that Mm. Where I'm not sure if non-christian parents might feel free enough to do that yeah
1: well and I mean I
0: don't know if you feel this but sometimes saying sorry is really hard um, actually I'm an over sorier okay, rather than an undersoria, because I'm like I want that person to like me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want. Well, that I person. mean, with I your, I don't, with your kids, but down.
1: like, yeah. um, if your kid exasperates you <laughs> and you say something in a way that's not as helpful as it could have been, um, and and you hurt them in in a moment of kind of frustration or whatever, mm. not like hurt them physically, yeah, but, yeah. um, the part of you is like no you made me do that like mm. you made me react that way and so like i'm not sorry like you should be the one you sorry because you're the one who <laughs> what acted like a three-year-old is meant to act yeah in every normal way um so i think it yeah it does show, that's why i mean when i say it shows you your sin as well because you're mm. like well, what is it about me in that moment that makes me not want to say sorry to the kid
0: yeah and then you start thinking about like well yeah. There's a lot of psychological stuff in there. That's yeah. like well, how I grew up yep. and things like that and how I react to my children. Mm. Um yeah. I don't know if I'd go, well, you maybe do that, but I think it does go, why did I just do that? Mm. Mm. I don't feel I feel shame for what yeah. I've just did, done to my children. Yeah. Yeah, I think but that's right. Yeah. And then it's like, well, okay, I need to take responsibility for this. Mm. That's yeah. how I feel about it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we've got a lot to get through, mm. and you still need to leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to leave, but you still need you. No, and
1: And honestly, not having had the podcast, are they usually this deep? Like, we're getting pretty I don't
0: deep. know. I think you're you opening up the floodgates, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm very happy
1: for them all to be this deep. I'm just like, no, oh, no, really, it's fine.
0: We're, we're, getting, we're getting pretty oh, All our guests are different, just like mm. all the people in our church are different. So. Yeah you want to even our church, <laughs> yeah. like a universal church. That's it. Universal, <laughs> yeah. Thank you, universal church. I didn't mean to say be, be uh, like, more college student. Yeah, right. yeah.
2: holy Catholic church. <laughs>
0: oh, that's a good point good segue though. I say that, and I am still a more college student by the way. I'm doing yeah. my yeah. masters right now. Oh, right. okay. Well, again, a good segue though because. Finished the conservatory in music. Yep. And
2: <laughs> we really didn't move further down <laughs> the time. Oh, no, we've oh, done. Yeah,
0: yeah no, yeah, we've done. We've jumped around. A okay, bit, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that Renee and the kids were We were up on for the another podcast. two hours. We went pretty podcast. deep. You missed out, bro. We went pretty deep into like the why you love music and what oh. the music, oh. what's oh. the yeah. nature of music exactly. and church and all that kind
1: of stuff. Damn. You're going
0: to have to listen to it. Yeah. Because you're not I on i do You're not on that Yeah,
2: okay. Oh, well. Sorry. I did walk past Jono on the way. Yeah, my little bro. Yeah. Legend.
0: College. Mm, you yep. finished conservatory music. Did you go straight to college? Bob College? Um, no. I played
1: guitar and taught guitar. I oh, taught guitar. Professionally. For the podcasters, there's little, <laughs> for very little money, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was paid somewhat. Yes. <laughs> some people decided to pay me some money. Mm. To I play. was paid Sometimes. a piddling amount. That's right. To teach these um, brats. Sorry. And then Renee got me my most lucrative teaching gig. Just because that, that's kind of legend she is. Yep. For the for the young musicians out there, if you can get a gig, teaching in a private school where they let you teach during school hours. Oh, mm-hmm. that's good. So there's a few years where I was like driving to like five different kids after school. Uh, yeah. That's not a good way to make money.
0: No. Okay, are uh, anyway. burning it all in petrol money, <laughs>
1: in petrol. and and you just can't fit enough students into the time. Yeah, and yeah. you got to Whereas if to you can it. go, like, student they leave, new one, student they leave, new one. Anyway, um, after that, I played and taught for a couple of years, and then um, uh, I coming to Soravai was a pretty, a pretty significant oh, part so of we my walk. talked about that. <laughs> which was um, we decided to leave St John's, which Renee had had joined. We um, decided to leave St John's, and we knew that um, we were thinking about ministry as a possible future for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, but also I had some pretty big bugbears with the Anglican Church at that time. Um, and so we really weren't sure where, where to go, where we should end up. Um, and I just knew that I really, I had some, some stuff that I really cared about for church and I, I, I hadn't seen it anywhere being done in the ways that I really thought it could or should be done ways it really excited me um but it also just so happened that i had a lot of friends who had been at Me anglican um who had, who had then gone to Saw revival or were still around that survival network mm-hmm. um, and you guys had planted a church mm. about a year prior um and uh, there's a guy who i think is uh, he's been pretty important of survival i'm not sure if you know stew <laughs> um <laughs> Stu crawshaw
2: that guy uh is that ethan's dad Do you <laughs> even like yeah ah, okay.
1: he's still me, around me he, him a couple of he, <laughs> times he's still around that guy isn't he yeah um um yeah in in him and in sorrow Bible church we saw um someone who was leading a church in a lot of the ways that we thought um we wanted to emulate in our own ministry um and a lot of ways of doing church that we really believed in very naturally. Um, And so we saw in Sorrow Bible a place that we could really easily call home. Um, And we saw in Sorrow Bible and in Stu, a person who might be able to help us as we journey through what it might look like for us to get into a life of ministry. Um, And so that's what we did. I think we were at Soli's for a year maybe before we got married and then maybe the year after that is when I started YouthWorks, something like that. And so that's and not shortly like, shortly after that I became a student minister at Sollys. Mm. Um, so I was a student minister while I was at YouthWorks College, and then I continued to be a student minister, kind of acquiring days and responsibilities as I went to more college. Um, and yeah, that was my my college journey, and I really loved college. And some of my most precious friendships were our, our college friendships. Um, yeah, yeah, I had a cohort of friends who started with me first year of YouthWorks, and then went with me in my cohort to more college and so they're really significant people for me too mm, that's cool um, yeah and YouthWorks and more I mean I don't know if you're interested in talking about the colleges but um, they both achieve very different things um, both very important things um, um, with very different emphases so YouthWorks I think for me at least at the time was very much about the formation of the kind of a person who m- would make a good pastor and more college they're not not interested in that but it's um uh there's also a very rigorous academic Mm. piece of that puzzle that comes in and so um for me having both experiences was really good because there was the forming of the person and then there was the forming of the mind that might allow me to kind of maybe helpfully um yeah helpfully go about pastoring from a, a a firmer theological ground yeah
0: And you reckon you you worked harder at those two colleges compared to the con? In that I
1: passed. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. For the most part, like, uh, yeah. I I actually look back at college life and wish sometimes these days I put more into it. Um, Because I think uh, just these days, there's a bunch of times where I'm like, hmm. I know what I'm supposed to think about that thing, but I can't remember why I'm supposed to think it. (laughs) And so I've got to go and do some reading or something just to remind myself of why I'm supposed to think that Mm. or why I do think that. Um, Whereas I think if I'd gone a bit harder at college, maybe those would have become a bit more firmly ingrained in my heart and in my mind. Um, I forget the question. Did I go harder? Yes, I did. Harder than it
0: uni at least yeah and you're more interested in that and you're like yeah, this is what much yeah. you'd, you'd, you'd clarified more that you wanted to go into ministry and yeah all that stuff yeah, yeah. so and that makes sense there was
1: one funny subject <coughs> called
0: philosophy I'm <laughs> um, not, not, not saying philosophy is funny um, but uh, take that Seneca There's the riot. <laughs> just trying to think of philosophers Descartes e-
1: e- everyone knows <laughs> that you can't yeah. fail the first philosophy subject that you do no, yeah. one, no one ever fails
0: why it why is that Braden um,
1: ah, no okay. we were going to because we want to throw, throw people under yeah. the bus but the, okay. um, the uh, for that subject I got exactly 50 <laughs> 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 which means that for all intents and purposes I failed I think <laughs> 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 yeah yeah, right but most of them weren't like that okay Yeah. Uh,
0: so you're being student minister here at the same time that's all sort of vital as well yeah um, I'm just conscious of time and things to get through, so I was just trying to... Yeah, sorry, I'll stop segueing. No, no, there's no... Uh, it's fine. I, I like it when the guests are real segway, taskmaster in segway this segway podcast, Joel. I am. That's right. I'm taking over at some point. Sorry, I'm still <laughs> distracting. Maybe after episode 100. That's what I <laughs> <of> might... <mine. laughs> Cut us loose. <laughs> yeah, the name has changed. Joel Revival.
2: <laughs> Joel's podcast. <laughs>
0: the coup d'etat has happened. <laughs> I've taken over. What are the you know when they in coups They take over. I'm, I'm distracting. Yeah. Out. You know, in coups they take over like the radio station. Yeah, the news. They, yeah. they take over the media. Yeah. And there's something else they take over so they can control the message. Yeah. The airports.
1: Yeah, I think the the Jolie Bible. Yeah, is a good name for that podcast.
0: I know. Uh, Was it? Um, the JHB, that's what we came up with, Joel's Hectic trans, like the Joel's Hectic yeah. Bible, like yeah. Joel's Hectic <laughs> Translation yeah. of the Bible. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, not, Stores need not available yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, I'm still, working, I'm still <laughs> working on it, man. I've got to work through it. Uh, yeah. What was it? Was it good? Were you glad that you went into ministry? Like, you're obviously still doing it. So. <laughs> yeah. No, I hated it. No, I couldn't stand it.
1: <laughs> so I think for us, um, I could easily have seen myself staying at Soulies for forever. Um, and in some ways, like I made decisions around like what kind of college pathway I would take thinking that's that I probably would just be a Solis forever. Mm. Um, but the, the year that I left was a year where, uh, Renee had just gotten pregnant with twins. So suddenly I had to support her and, and them in that. Um, and Solis just wasn't quite ready at that time to, to put us full time, um, and so uh, so that kind of that forced our hand for for leaving Solis at that moment Um, and uh, and so you find yourself at at another church and they do things very differently to Solis and Mm. um, and you find yourself missing Solis missing your friends missing the community quite a bit Um, I do think there's an extent to which, having spent five years in that church, almost, that I have kind of come out with a bit of a conviction that um, being being purposeful about how you do church is really important, and being like, having a clear goal mm. and shooting for it, a clear strategy, being creative, yep. being strategic, trying to trying to just like Stu would say, like see the hill you're going to take and, and, and figure out a plan for how you're going to get there mm. and you're going to need all kinds of different things in the background to make to make that happen um, and I say all of that genuinely and at the same time I really um, I've spent four years investing in people and their their brothers and sisters in Christ and, and they're just like so revival people they've got their bits that are really encouraging and awesome and their bits where they're struggling in particular ways mm. or whatever and ultimately, um, I, I, like when people say, what kind of a church are you going to plant? Because that's like we're thinking about, we're, we're preparing to plant a church at the yeah, moment. this is awesome. Um, yeah. And people ask, what kind of a church do you want to plant? And in some ways, the answer I want to give is, well, here's all of this thinking and strategy and kind of beautiful stuff and exciting and fun things that we, <laughs> that we envisage. We might want to have be a part of this adventure that we go on. Um, and then another level I actually just want to say really I just want to make a church and what is that it's it's just a, a group of people who commit to to loving God and loving each other mm. um, and that can be full of bells and whistles or it can have none um, and, and my, when I was at Riverwood that's I came to a genuine uh, love and concern for these people and um, and you never put strategy aside you never stop planning you never stop having kind of a visiony kind of goal setting kind of a mindset but you do ultimately just go when there's people and they're God's people they've got a genuine faith they genuinely love God um, that's a church and that's a beautiful thing and a worthwhile goal to have they're still there yeah Yep. Um, and uh, I can't remember how we got onto this
0: but I was asking about ministry yeah
1: so uh yeah I think the question was actually do you like being in ministry something like that mm. are you glad that you went into ministry mm. Mm. um yeah my answer is a definite yes it's really hard sometimes um and there are particular pressures about it but uh, for me I just I'm I'm the kind of person who if I did nothing other than think about deep stuff and hang out at a deep level with people that I love very much, that that's like a holiday for me. Like that's just the, the best thing I could spend time doing. Mm. Um, and that's a lot of what ministry is. I love ministry when it's that. Sometimes ministry can be like rosters and admin and stuff like that. Those days I'm like, basically a big part of my ministry life is just trying to minimize how much time I have to spend doing those bits um, so I can just get to the bits that I love but I really genuinely love the bits that I love and I genuinely love the people who I'm doing it with yeah
0: yeah and tell us about uh, so you said like when you were at Riverwood where you moved to after Soul Revival mm-hmm. Church that was it was you maybe wanted to go in there with a lot of soul Revival ideas and it was really it was quite hard to implement is that what you're uh, you saying? I wouldn't
1: say I wouldn't say that I would say I I went in Having had what I um, it was this survival, uh, the tagline is "We do things a little bit differently" or something like that. Um, uh, so it's not your standard Anglican church. Um, and so I, I I wouldn't have expected Riverwood to to become mm. anything like Soravival mm. is really um, just because survival does do things differently, um, and we we really believed and still believe in the ministry philosophies and in kind of the. And actually, I would say they're more than ministry philosophies. I would say that they are biblical theological convictions about a lot of the time. Yeah. It's not a biblical theological conviction to have a coffee van, but the things that might lead you to buy a coffee van come from very biblically deep theological mm. places because because of a biblical theological belief in hospitality or whatever it is. Um, so all I'm saying is solely to me is deeper than just here's some cool stuff that we can try. Yeah. Um, for me a lot of the reasons that so well this is beautiful as it is is because I, I honestly believe that um uh, they're just doing church in a way that's really faithful to the Bible. Mm. And that will have good outcomes a lot of the time. Um and uh so I was never expecting Riverwood to be that. Mm. And actually like there there was there was lots there there were ways where Over time, like COVID hit the year, like as soon as we got there, COVID hit. And so uh, my job became video editor guy. I was the only young person who had any kind of knowledge of any kind of tech stuff. And so video editor, video taker guy, that was my job for a couple of years. And actually that was, you can see God's hand even in that. There was no one at the church that could have done that. Mm -hmm. Even things like um, uh, a couple of months before I got to Riverwood, we bought a new computer and we were like should we get the one that's powerful that can do video editing mm-hmm. stuff well or should we get the one that's not that it's like oh i might like find some time to record something <laughs> at some point can we justify like another thousand bucks whatever it was for this other one we We're like renee's like just get the more powerful one because you might you might want to do some recording or whatever. And we get there, and then suddenly every week my computer's going, <laughs> 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 just churning through, yeah. Yeah. exporting. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So I, I really, genuinely, I've got no trouble seeing why God, um, mm. why God moved us there. Um, uh, and over time, like the the year before we left, we implemented a whole lot of, you would call them quite esque things, um, moving to teams, the coordinators. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a greater emphasis on hospitality so at Riverwood now they've, they eat together every second week it's um, putting some some work into the aesthetics of the outside space just third placifying um, the outside space a mm-hmm. little bit and honestly um, even just those small changes they did have a really noticeable measurable impact on, on the community nice and on nice. the ability of the church to, to be drawing people and helping people to feel like they belonged in the the space um also i mean survival is not not monocultural but i mean this has changed significantly since i got here i mean you've you've uh, you planted a church in Ride yeah. that has a different look to it um but i guess the changes that we made at riverwood were also i think a testimony to the f- to the to the to the power of some of the things that soli's believes in to allow people from different cultures to also mm. express togetherness and oneness mm. um And to share their culture with one another in a way that is really beautiful Mm. um yeah you give you give people space to hang out and you tell them share your culture with us through food or music or aesthetics or whatever it is Mm. um it's a really beautiful thing Mm. Uh, and it's it's good for for making a church that Mm. that kind of kicks those key goals anyway i'm getting into ministry talk now
0: well just before i ask you the final question i want to ask you Planning a church now. Mm. You're in the process of planning mm. a church. How did that come about? And like, it's really exciting to know that you know, some of that used to come to Sorrel and mm. studied while we were at Sorrel Bible, is now planning a church. Mm. So how did that come about? It's in Ash- Ashbury. Yeah. Ashbury?
1: Is that, is that right? Am I saying that right? Ash- Ashbury. No, it's Ashbury. Yeah. Oh, I'll make sure I'm going to roll my ass next time. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, no, uh, yeah. So uh, Renee and I. W- Partly because we like we got Soravib when it was a year old, so we weren't there for the very very first, mm. the golden the golden time that people refer back to of like Stu's living room. We only got like a very little bit of that. Mm. Um, we got there like in that when when it was packified, yep. uh, when you got to pack. <laughs> um, Let's go. That's okay. right. <laughs> and. <laughs> um, but seeing from, from from then we were we were here and we were seeing we were in the we were very quickly Stu brought us into the leadership meetings and into the the thinking sessions and, and, and he really kind of he modelled and showed us and you all did um how to kind of navigate the messiness and the and the beauty and the fun um while trying to, to, to strive for for a biblical vision of, of church. Um and for writing for the, the, the the ups and the downs, the encouragements and the discouragements of a church plant and, and kind of seeing it through to being a viable thing. Um, and we, we always thought that that might be something that we might want to do too because we really believe in it. We really enjoyed our time here being a part of that journey and adventure um, and we, uh, so we always thought that we, would, we might do something like that um, and right now, I'm a couple of years away from being a se- like um, uh, a rector, a senior minister in the Anglican Church. Um, and so what I did is I, I knew that me being a senior minister would be a couple of years away. And so I started putting feelers out um, to see if people might want to partner with us in that kind of a process. Um, and uh, one of the first guys I called was a guy called Steve Gardner at St. Paul's Canterbury. And that was because I'd heard... Um, that they'd recently amalgamated and there was an empty building in their parish, and that no one was in there, and that they might be interested in planting. And so I called him and I was like, Hey, Steve, we're thinking we might want to plant in a couple of years. you got an empty building, you want to partner with us, blah, blah, blah. And um, he said uh, something along the lines of, We'd love to chat about it. And I went on long service leave, and while I was away, 30 new families joined our church. Woo! And so we're bursting at the seams, basically. <laughs> And so we're thinking we might need to plant before two years away, maybe as soon as six months. Um, and so very quickly had a, a, started starting chatting and, and we decided that this would be a good, a good thing for us to do, a good way for us to do a church plant. Um, there's lots of benefits to it too. Like there's a solid sending church and there's a, there's a, a building and there's a team and there's money and all that kind of stuff um, right from the get-go. And so um, there's so many blessings in that, in that partnership. Uh, and yeah, so Ashbury is like a um, it's a, it's like a quaint little suburb of the inner west, you'd probably say. Like almost every house in Ashbury is heritage listed. Mm. And so it'll never change. You're never going to see high rises go up in Ashbury. It's always just going to be this quaint little suburb. It's interesting. And so um, that just has an impact on the socioeconomics of it. And it costs quite a lot to live there because there's not a lot of quaint little suburbs that are quite close to the city. Um, and yeah even yeah so Ashbury it's in the inner west uh, where we we're excited about the creative um, the creative community of the inner west and using some of our music stuff to try and hit that up a little bit um, there's a lot of young families who live in Ashbury um, and so there's a really encouraging and good playgroup ministry that that's been running for a long time that we're going to continue and um, also, I'm just excited. In about six months, we'll take a team, God willing, and uh, start greenhousing, start that process of like um, thinking through church together. And like I've done that a couple of times th- at Solis <laughs> for a couple of services and the church overall, and I love that stuff. So I'm I'm really excited just to be like, sick. What's Let's church? What it. are we going to be? Who are we going to be? Let's go away together. Let's. Properly become friends with one another, all those kinds of things are things I just love, and um, and also my job right now is pretty cool. My job right now, literally, pretty much is like make friends and write sermons, <laughs> so, play music. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. pretty cool. Um, so this six months is a beautiful, it's a bit slower than normal ministry life because I'm currently. I mean, this might change, but currently I'm not actually responsible for any ministries. So I'm just kind of around mm. making friends, and sometimes I've got to say some stuff on stage, but that's pretty much <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> And that's pretty nice as well.
0: Yeah, cool. Uh, Final question, because we're running out of time. Easy. Uh, What do you wish that you knew when you were a younger Christian that you know now as a Christian? What would you tell your younger self Christian?
1: I think an older me would say to a younger me, like... um, when I was that 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, like one of the reasons I was just bumming around, I think is a lot of the people who I looked up to a lot were musicians and um, very cool guys who I spent a lot of time wishing that I could be as cool as them <laughs> and wishing that I could be one of them and um, trying to belong in groups and... Um, yeah I I guess all I wanted in the world was for some of those guys to look and say yeah you can be one of us and and we'll give you a couple of gigs and um, you belong in our world and you can be cool too Mm. Um, and I think one of the things I might do is I might go back to that guy and just say literally none of the stuff you care most about in the world right now is going to matter at all and the stuff that's going to matter to you is way 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 more valuable and way more significant than a huge amount of the stuff that you spend your time worrying about right now. Um, just just start getting on about the stuff that the stuff that actually matters, the stuff that actually matters to God, the stuff that actually, if you really, um, if you really just push yourself and think, young Dan, um, then you realize the stuff that matters to you has nothing to do with being accepted by by the creative world or the cool world or getting a song on Triple J on Earth or something like that. Um, Yeah. Actually just your life's actually going to be about Jesus. Mm. And that's really wonderful. Mm. And just just go and get to that. (laughs) Yeah. Stop worrying about other
0: stuff. Yeah. Yeah I think that's pretty good advice for a lot of people. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Uh, Braden like to do some final words before
2: oh. i feel like i've missed a big chunk but well, you missed I a know. bit you missed
0: a bit yeah yeah
2: uh i don't know i said dan is one of my favorite people at the start and mm. has that changed <laughs> it has not changed <laughs> i like yeah i just love I you you, just then. you wish um <laughs> yeah i just appreciate you a lot bro um mm-hmm. dan was i think i had played a lot of church music when i started hanging out with dan but dan taught me how to serve in music ministry rather than just rock up and play mm. i think that was that's a really big gift that you've given me over the years and getting to hang out and play a lot with you, the you is, mm. is a lot of fun very fun yeah. and we've got to do a lot of different things and and we have, a band. Together. Yes, we have a band yes we have played
1: one gig ever two it's gigs. not had a band we two have gigs. a band flora. called flora. flora it'll come mm. back
2: it'll come back um yeah. but yeah like i think i just really appreciate yeah the learning from you in musically and having fun with that, but also sitting under your teaching and Fridays and being youth leader with you and a whole bunch of different things we got to do in life mm. together. And, like, it makes me sad that I don't get to see you every week, mm. but it makes me, me very too. happy when I do get to see you.
1: Mm. Yeah, I love you a lot, Brian. Love you.
2: Yeah, yeah I think... <coughs>
0: uh, just, like, listening to your story and hearing about Renee and the girls, <coughs> I think it's, a, like, the, the fact that you guys had to depart we left a big hole here at church Mm. Um, just especially like you invested so much in ministry as said Renee but I just I know how much a number of the women in our church have spoken about how much they value Mm. Renee Mm. Um, so I think that's a like I I really that's really come to the forefront of my mind Mm. but also just hearing about how you uh, like your faith developed and you took it on yourself and how you're always trying to ask questions. Like first of all, you started an- you was starting with the answering questions, but mm. then you started asking a lot more questions. Mm. And then we we're Scrape talking it. about talking about music and food and um, even being, being a parent. And I think that like a lot of the stuff, you, you're willing to sit in the gray to figure stuff out. And mm. I think what that's doing, and I think I'm coming up with the title that the the, po- the episode here is like you're revealing God's character in just the things that you're doing to, to yourself and also to other yeah. people. Yeah by the way that you approach it and I think um, I'm really appreciative of that and I think I've really enjoyed this podcast. (laughs) Like you you said, does this really get this deep? I'm I'm like, I love getting deep. (laughs) Mm. Just as I said, with like Renee's, like i get rid of all the yeah. Or the small talk, we yeah. don't need any of that. Yeah. Like, it's let's her, just it's her kind of podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why we need to get her on. Yeah. Um, I think the title should be Renee's kind of podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> we we'll see. I'll make the final decision on that. I think no. you should change it
1: so that the guest comes up with a name on the fly. That's actually not a bad idea. As
0: the last words
1: of the podcast. <gasps> The yeah. sign-off is That's like. That's the final question the now. It's like, what would
0: you call this podcast? Yeah. Wow.
1: And then all sometimes right. you honour it, and sometimes you don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's crap. <laughs>
0: no, not doing that. Oh, are you sure? Are you sure you don't have a better idea? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. You've got to head off. Yeah. Um. As you said. But uh. Thank you so much for coming on, and thank you for making the trek all the way out here to record. We really appreciate it. It's yeah. a long way. Back to the good old Shire. Feels like home, but.
1: no worries my brother thanks for having me guys no worries
0: thank you you very much Uh, we always like to finish every podcast with a one way so if you want to join us one way thanks Dan one one way. way